Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to In All Honesty, the podcast where you get the honest answers you didn't know you needed. I'm Michelle Elman, and I'm a five board accredited life coach, and I use my experience from this to answer all the questions that have been on your mind lately. This week, we are talking about self-worth. Self-worth is one of those lofty concepts that we talk about and is mentioned a lot, alongside with self-love, self-trust, self-compassion, self-respect and all of it kind of just makes you want to roll your eyes because what the hell is it? And if you actually had to pin it down, what does it actually mean? I also think it's one of those topics like self-love and like self-esteem that people talk around and don't actually get into the nitty-gritty of it. They never actually give you practical things and every time I hear someone talk about self-worth and why you should have it, it makes me want to scream, but how? This whole episode is going to be practical. This whole episode is going to be the but how. Because as you know, I don't really like wasting time with preaching to you how you should feel, how you should be, and I'm very much in the area of giving practical things that can change your life. But none of the things I ever give you will change your life overnight. We don't do quick fixes here, and I don't try to preach or sell quick fixes. But with dedicated time and energy to improving your self-worth, and if you've ever followed me for a long enough time, some of you have been around for like three or four years, you know over time, it does work. And it builds in a way that you don't always notice. And then one day something will happen and you'll go, whoa, I've never done that before. Or wow, that didn't affect me at all. Or sometimes even it's a moment where you get really pissed off and realise you've let people treat you badly for way too long and you just don't fucking deserve that. I've definitely had a number of those moments myself. So in my mind and in my model of the world, the definition of self-love is that you know your value, you know your worth and you know what you bring to the table. So that's just not knowing your worth when it comes to financially and in your job and how the world views worth in our society is via currency, via money. Um, that is the signifier of worth or value but it's not just that it's also knowing what you bring to the table when it comes to your relationships. 
It's going into each friendship and relationship knowing why someone would want you in their life and it's your job to know what you bring to that relationship. Whether it's fun or for me, I believe I bring love and whilst I'm really selective, the people I do have in my life will know I'm a very caring person for that special handful who I've chosen to keep in my life. I think the other component of self-worth that sometimes takes longer is knowing you don't need to do anything or be someone to be worthy. It's the belief that everyone is a worthy human. And for me, that very much interlinks with body positivity. Everyone is worthy of respect. Every human has value. And that is true, even if that person can't see their own value. Your worth is intrinsic. You are born with that worth. And that belief genuinely changed the way I operated. Because before that belief, I thought I had to be a good friend, a good girlfriend, a good daughter, a good colleague, a good boss in order to be good enough. But when you just decide, no, I don't need to do these things for my friends in order for them to like me. Or I don't need to have these accomplishments or achievements in order to be worthy of someone's attention that's when the world starts shifting. So let's get into the question so I can keep my promise and make sure this isn't a lofty episode. I mean, I don't think I could ever make a lofty episode if I tried because all my content is about providing value and if I'm not providing value, then it defeats the purpose of the podcast. So that's my intention and that's my promise to you as listeners is that each episode will have value. Hopefully, if you've listened to any other podcast episode, you will know that. But if you're new here, that is a promise that I make to you in every episode, whether I say it or not, because part of self-worth is actually not just valuing others, but valuing people's time and energy. And then as a self-respect thing, not wasting another person's time by talking around a topic. So I will only ever speak on something if I feel like it's adding value, or at least in my mind, it's adding value. So let's get into the questions. Hi, Michelle. I have recently been through a year of self-reflection and immense self-growth. I feel stronger and more self-assured than I ever have after a life of feeling shy and anxious most of the time. However, I am struggling with a sort of imposter syndrome, wherein I'm continually questioning whether the things I say are true because I'm so not used to feeling this confident and self-assured. Do you have any tips for how I can get used to this new side of my personality while also feeling authentic and honest? Thank you from Canada. Hey there. So I love that you utilized the last year to reflect and enact some really positive changes in your life. That is amazing. That's truly wonderful. And you should be so proud of yourself for that alone. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you on this one. I don't believe in imposter syndrome and I'm not going to force my belief on you, but hear me out and let me see if I can convince you. Do you remember in the last episode where I talked about how I don't really believe in perfectionism? I also don't really believe in imposter syndrome because it validates the idea that an imposter can exist. It almost implies that because someone has self-doubt or questions their abilities or doesn't have perfect thoughts, that it actually affects their performance and it just does not. Do you know the number of times I've been intimidated by the number of people I've been sitting next to on a panel with amazing qualifications and amazing accolades? And sometimes I do the best talk I have ever done and sometimes I just do okay. But the point is I still do it. And the point is that I'm still getting up there, sitting alongside them 
And it doesn't matter what's going in my head. I'm still doing the best job I can. And whether I do well or whether the talk is like not one of my best ones is actually not because of who's sitting next to me, but also because of so many different factors. How I slept the night before, how much work I had on that day, how much energy I have at the moment. But sometimes we always want to boil it down to other things that we can blame it on. And that's why I don't like indulging this idea of imposter syndrome. So maybe the best way to say it is, I don't think it's a term that is helpful rather than saying it's something that doesn't exist. But it's not a term that we should be using personally to describe ourselves because it does enforce a limiting belief that then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the fact is, even if I do an okay talk, I am still doing it and I far exceed anyone who has said no to that talk. And me on a bad day is better than a lot of people on a good day and I tell myself that a lot. And my beliefs around imposter syndrome are the exact reason why I don't believe fake it until you make it is a thing either. Because if you're faking it, you aren't faking it, you are doing it. And so what part of that is fake? The fact that your thoughts don't align? Okay, well, are your thoughts meant to shift immediately overnight after a certain period of time of reinforcing the same thoughts and thinking those same thoughts for years? Because that's not exactly realistic. Do you know how many years after becoming body positive that I still had bad body image thoughts? I see it as old conditioning. And this is what I'm going to suggest to you. Anytime an old thought and label it as an old thought, something that no longer belongs to you, pops into your brain, I want you to consciously say and say it out loud if you're alone, that's not me anymore. Or, nope, old thoughts. Or, nope, that's the old me. Whatever resonates with you, but say something that almost dismisses it. I like to have almost a jokey conversation with it personally, so sometimes I will simply just be like, who do you think you are talking to me like that? It's kind of this jokey mentality of like, don't confuse me with the old me, because if you do, you'll be sorely mistaken. What's that Taylor Swift lyric? The old Taylor can't come to the phone because she's dead? That's the mentality I want you to have. You are allowed to have old thoughts, don't feed into them, don't have a long conversation with them because that just indulges it, and instead embody the mentality that the longer your behaviour continues in the new way, the old thoughts will get less and less until they don't appear anymore. There is something really special with thoughts where when you don't feed them or give them attention, your thoughts learn that they just won't provoke the same reaction in you, whether that be spiralling or insecurity. Because if you continually say, nope, old thought, nope, old thought, nope, old thought, it gets boring to them. Also, the idea of imposter syndrome bugs me because the definition is that you aren't who you say you are. But that's dependent on the belief that people are not allowed to change and grow. You don't need to be who you always were. And so this imposter syndrome is almost fueled by people bringing up older versions of you. And that's great, you love the old you, you thank the old you for everything it taught you. And that is the reason you are here in the first place, where you are now. But also, you are different. And that's okay. The other part I want to mention is that you said the word authentic and honest. So there seems to be a belief in you that you're almost pretending to be this new person. But within coaching, we call pretending acting as if. So if you act as if you're confident and that's how you behave and that's how you come across and then you are perceived to be that way, 
are you really acting? I also think another way to directly address this is to allow yourself the permission to let go of the old you. So write the old you a letter, thank them for everything they did for you and everything they taught you and also hold the idea that whatever held you back in the past is now healed. The word healed is important because it implies it no longer belongs to you anymore and so I want you to reframe your mentality around all of it and focus on the word healed. You had a number of wounds that existed, you did the hard work and you healed it. So the gift of that is you get to enjoy that, you get to celebrate the new you, you get the rewards of all your hard work and this lingering feeling of feeling inauthentic is actually just a way you are preventing yourself from enjoying your success because it feels too good to be true. I'm going to say that again, you are preventing yourself from enjoying your own success. Let it go. Accept that it's healed and stop self-sabotaging your pleasure and happiness. When you write this letter, you might want to physically rip it up. You might want to light it on fire. You might want to put it down a river. Whatever you want to do, go ahead and do that. Let it float away. Or you may want to keep it in a diary as a keepsake for who you were at the time and as a constant reminder that you've elevated. You've upgraded. You've peeled away another layer of the onion. And if life was a computer game, you have just leveled up congratulate yourself and celebrate yourself because whatever work you did it worked whatever you did in the last year was not easy and you did it anyway so I'm sending you so much love so much congratulations and celebrations go take a moment to be proud of yourself you really really deserve it there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
In this week's Dissecting Dysfunctional Conversations, we are talking about the bold type. Every week I dissect dysfunctional conversations that I see on TV and we use it as an opportunity to improve our own communication. This is definitely one of the top handfuls of shows I loved the most this year. I highly recommend it and I don't know whether it's because the editor-in-chief actually reminds me of my godmother and I miss my godmother so much at the moment. But it's also a great, great show. It's great fashion, great conversations, and I want to talk about a race conversation they had in it that is in season two. One of the main characters, who is white, didn't get a job because, in her words, they are doing a big push for diversity. And the other main character, who is mixed race and half black, says, that's a good thing, though, that they are hiring other voices. And she responds saying she knows that, but it just feels really unfair and that she would have got the job otherwise and she needed it so badly. And she is then asked, so you're all for diversity as long as it doesn't affect you. She responds saying that's not what she said and why is she acting like she's being a racist? And the conversation goes on where she said she didn't call her racist. The next day, they have a really interesting conversation about privilege and how her assuming the only reason she didn't get the job is because she's white assumes that the person of colour who did get the job didn't get it on their own merit and was only hired because of their race. And I love that this show portrayed this difficult conversation. Now, this conversation is never going to be perfect and we're also not aspiring to be perfect. We don't need it to be perfect. It's better to have any conversation than to avoid the conversation out of fear of saying the wrong thing. I'm also not going to present this segment in a way that I'm saying it's a better way to have done this, but instead I would have handled it in a different way myself. And that's not to say my way is better. I think on both parties, they needed to separate logic and rationale from emotion. Maybe it wasn't the right time to bring up privilege when someone is in their feelings and upset. Maybe that's the time to empathise with a person and let them be upset. And at the same time, she shouldn't have made the assumption that she would have got the job if she wasn't white. They both also should have kept it about her emotions because at the end of the day, she didn't get the job. Why she didn't get the job doesn't matter. What matters is her feelings and emotions. They resolve this conversation and she acknowledges that she has financial privilege, which means she doesn't understand what it's like to not have a job and really need one. But in this resolution, it is revealed that this was all about emotions. You see it in a situation like this where it's so heated and as much as it looks like they're talking about what they're talking about, they actually aren't. What the first person was feeling was rejection, hurt and anger at not getting the job. She was also experiencing fear around not having a job and this overwhelming fear of how long is she not going to have a job for and will she be able to pay her bills, blah, 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 blah. Then the other person was having feelings as well because the comments that she made made her question her friendship with this person, made her question her values. And in that sense, it also created feelings in the receiving parties of being misunderstood, not heard, not seen, and a bit of doubt as to whether their friend, who has always been vocal on representation, actually cares about a cause that personally affects her. So I thought it was really beautifully done in a way that shows we can have these hard conversations, they can be clumsy, they can be messy, but we should be having them anyway. 
I also think it's really important in general to separate the intellectual from the emotional. You can logically and rationally understand a push for diversity leads to progress and emotionally experience sadness at not getting a job. And those two things can exist at the same time. And when you don't allow your emotions to exist and also don't validate them, that's when harmful statements about whether the other party is deserving of the job starts being thrown around. And that isn't a necessary addition to this conversation. It's a wonderful show and it's just one of the great examples of conversations that I've personally never seen on many other TV shows. So I'm glad it's taking place. I'm glad it was covered and spoken about. And I would love to know your thoughts on the show. So head over to my Instagram and let me know. You know how every week I post those yellow quotes when the episode comes out? I would love to turn that comment section into a place where we can discuss the episode. So if you ever feel like you want to talk about an episode after it's taken place, head to the comments of that quote for that episode and you'll find other people there talking about it too. And it'll be really wonderful to create that kind of community in the comment section for each episode in case anyone wants to have a conversation about it. Hi, Michelle. My name is Katerina. The question is, when you're trying to learn things about yourself, so let's say you have never before thought about yourself in any way that matters. So you have no idea what your career is, what your dreams are, what do you want in life, who you are, what things are lovable about you, what things are great about you, what do you love yourself for? All of those that make us, us, you have never before thought about that. And that's my case, why I'm asking. And I've started to try and learn all of that about a month ago. And as of right now, I may be able to answer some of the questions, but I still need information. So like your podcast really helps. And I have other things to watch and listen and read. But sometimes I get very overwhelmed by the questions. So, for example, I have watched three seminars today. And I have a list of 50 questions after watching those three seminars. And when I look at that... I get so overwhelmed because I will have to make time to sit down and think about every question for at least 10 minutes and then write down the answer. All of that will bring me closer to find out everything I want about myself. But when I look at the list, it's terrifying because it's long. So I guess... From listening to your podcast, I would say to myself, don't watch three seminars in one day, but watch one, for example. This is what I think you would say as a life coach. But maybe you have a different answer. Thank you, Michelle. Hey, Katerina. Well, that is quite a question. And I won't lie, it got me giggling because... I am not surprised you are overwhelmed. The way you are approaching personal development is exactly how a lot of people try to do personal development. Although yours is probably a little more extreme than most, but you are essentially setting yourself a massive dissertation on improving yourself. 
Except you're not a project that needs improving. And whilst yes, you should learn and absorb new information in order to grow, there is something about the way you are approaching personal development that is very similar to school and especially higher education like university that if you tick all the boxes, complete all the assignments that you are able to do, then you'll be able to operate life at an A star level and not just a P plus. Except life doesn't work that way and nor does personal development. Because the problem with approaching it this way is that it assumes your personal development and growth is going to be linear and that you can almost study your way to a perfect mental health and a fully satisfied life. I wish it worked like that, but it doesn't. So yes, I would say maybe don't watch three things, let one thing absorb into your life before integrating a new thing into your life. But I also have more to say than that. First off, The way personal growth works is it works in phases. For pretty much everyone I know, there are periods in your life where you're growing, learning and absorbing information. This very much sounds like a phase of life you are currently in. Then there's a phase of life where you take what you've learned and you practically put it into action and start actually making the changes in your life. And then the third phase is when you let those changes rest and settle into who you are and almost the phase of life that was mentioned in the first question. Now, as much as I've said there are three phases, it is first of all more of a cycle and they aren't clear cut and distinct. They do overlap. It is important to have all of these cycles because to be honest, if you stayed in the phase you're in, you will burn out. And also by treating yourself like a never-ending project, you are actually telling yourself that you aren't good enough as you are. You need time to integrate what you are learning. My biggest concern, however, is that you're doing all this work very intellectually, demonstrated by the fact that you are writing down 50 questions and then answering those questions. You are doing the work in what I call a very cerebral way or in your brain. You are not actually absorbing that information emotionally. It's like all the people who read one self-help book after another but don't actually put any of those changes into place in their actual life. It doesn't matter how much information is in your brain if you aren't letting it sit in your body and allowing yourself to have feelings about what you are taking in. You are going straight into analysis and whilst there's a time and place for psychoanalysis, you don't always need to understand something to feel it. And from your voice note, it's starting to sound like you are using all of these books and videos and tools to avoid feeling something that you need to feel. Just intuitively, I'm picking up on fear and I could be wrong because I just have a voice note, but I do have one question for you. What are you scared of right now? I want you to just answer that question in your head and go with your first answer and now sit with that. Feel that discomfort. That discomfort, especially any pain and sensation in your body, that is what you are avoiding. There is also another element of this and that's in the fact by writing down so much while listening, first of all, you probably aren't listening very well, but more importantly, you're not trusting yourself There is no self-trust in this process. When I listen to things or read a book, I may highlight a sentence or two or write down a sentence or two, but I trust myself and I trust my unconscious mind to absorb that information and that if I need that information in my life, it will be in my memory for when I need it. My memory isn't the best, but if I focus on memorising every single detail, 
of course I would get overwhelmed. So I would encourage you to go into this with a trust with your brain that it will retain the information that you need and the information that is important to you and trust that your brain will also forget the unimportant information as well. Your brain will select what is important for you to take away from that piece of content and you don't need to recall every single detail. There is also a certain fidgetiness in constantly writing and not being able to just sit and listen and absorb content, almost like the people who can't watch TV without being on their phone. So another thing I want you to do is when you're next listening to something, I want you to focus on your breathing and taking it in all the way. Breathe in deeply and just listen. Don't write anything down. And when it's over and when it's done, then you can write something down. You can write any sentence that resonated with you. But when you breathe deeply, you actually go into your body deeper. And so you can actually let what you are learning hit emotionally. So I hope that helps. Stop exhausting yourself. You work enough in your career, so we don't need to be adding more work in your spare time as well. Growing and learning should be fun. I'm sending you so much love. Today's three quick tips are on how to build self-worth. One, start doing some inner child's work. When you question your self-worth, it's usually because as a child, when you didn't have full understanding of the world and of life, you took small moments in your life to mean you just weren't good enough. So one way to build self-worth is to start having a relationship with all the inner children inside you and at all different ages. Your five-year-old could be sad while your 13-year-old is angry and you need to feel all of it. How I started doing this work was with Glenn Harrell's Heal Your Inner Child audiobook playing in the background and I did that consistently for a month. I still do it every now and then but I don't do it every day anymore but in the beginning I did it every day for a month and let all the feelings rise and have conversations that needed to be had with all the inner children inside you. Number two write three reasons why you're worthy use whichever language works for you the best but every evening write three reasons why you are valuable why you are worthy i'm valuable because i am worthy because i am lovable because write three reasons every single night and one of the most important things around this is consistency prove to yourself that you can keep your word and that will raise your self-respect promise yourself you will do it for a month every day and keep that promise to yourself Number three, start asking yourself how would a person who knew their self-worth reply or respond. Whenever you are dealing with a difficult situation, I want you to start getting in the habit of asking yourself this question. Make decisions from the place in you that knows your worth. We all have a place in us that knows our worth and we all have a place in us that doesn't. So the purpose is to grow the place in us that knows our worth until it is large enough to take up the most space feed that give it energy give it time and that part will grow the part of you that knows you are valuable and worthy will become more important and override any part of you that believes otherwise hi michelle um my question is how do you stop self-sabotaging it's like i want to do exercise and I want to do things that are like better for me, like read or like start writing or I don't know whatever. But there's always like a block. It's like I, it's like I, I can't help but stop myself, like not doing it. And um, it's almost like 
um, a bit like sort of like I'm harming myself, um, and I don't know why. I was just wondering if you had any advice about that. Thank you. Hey there, so thank you for your question. This is one so many people will relate to and what it ultimately comes down to is keeping your promise to yourself and your self-trust. When someone doesn't have a good relationship with themselves, they make promises to themselves all the time but they never keep it. And one of the elements of becoming a person with high self-worth is to become a person whose word you can trust. You know when you say you will turn up somewhere and you actually turn up, or you say you have a meeting at 3pm and you are actually there at 3pm? When your self-worth isn't there, you will do these things for other people, you will keep those commitments to other people, but you won't keep those commitments to yourself. Realising that I need to start keeping my own word to myself genuinely changed my relationship to myself. So start having a relationship with yourself where if you say you're going to do something, then actually do it. I actually did this this morning. I woke up and looked at my diary and I'd scheduled in a workout. I've been doing physio like three times a week, but this week I only had time to schedule two in. And so I was meant to be working out by myself this morning. And I just rolled over in bed, woke up and started doing negotiations with myself. Well, if I don't do it today, then I can do it tomorrow. Oh, but tomorrow I'm meant to be editing the podcast. Okay, well then if I don't edit the podcast, stop. No, we're not doing this. We're going to go work out because we said we're going to go work out. So go put your clothes on and start working out. And that's exactly what I did this morning. I kept my word to myself. Now, of course, there are days I wake up and my body just is not feeling it or it's in pain. And in those moments, I listen to myself out of self-kindness and self-forgiveness because your body is telling you something important that you didn't know at the time. But in this situation, it wasn't that and I knew that. It was simply because I couldn't be bothered. And secondly, it doesn't sound like you are doing that because in your own words, you said you are harming yourself. So you are definitely not having that self-forgiveness and flexibility component to life-throwing you situations that you couldn't foresee. A great short book on this is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz that I highly recommend. It's a tiny book so you can read it in like less than half an hour. But it really changed the way I started to think about it. So you asked me why you are doing this. Why are you not following through on these things? It's because of fear. You're not following through on what you're saying you're going to do because some element of it scares you. And if I were to hazard a guess, I think you probably had a number of people in your life when you were younger whose word you could not trust and a lot of people who would say they would do things and then would never follow through. So you learned that in your childhood and you also never learned the importance of following through. But that can create a lot of pain in a child. It can be really disappointing, especially the number of times you were looking forward to something and then someone let you down. So now what you are doing is replicating the same pain as an adult of what you used to feel as a child because you've not healed that wound. And the only difference is you're the one creating the pain now. It's not someone else letting you down. You're letting yourself down. And I mean, you said it yourself. You said in the voice note, it's almost like I'm harming myself. So if you want to heal this, go from within, go back to those moments in childhood. And there will be many, there will be multiple. Go back to every single one. Sit with that child, talk to that child. And also be the adult in the situation and talk to them as the adult you and follow through with her. So if it was a promise to take her to the park, actually go back to that moment and be the adult that you wanted in that situation. Be the adult to go take her to that park and literally live that in your memory, live that in your mind. 
This will help you let go of this pain and therefore stop replicating the pain in yourself. Alternatively, it can be helpful to some to not question why you are doing something, why you are self-sabotaging. And instead, just start a new leaf and decide that you are building a new you and that now means that you say what you mean and you mean what you say. And when you commit to doing something, even if that commitment is only to yourself, you now do it. Part of this also means being honest with yourself and only committing to things that you know you'll follow through with and that you have the intention of following through on. And don't say yes to the things you have no interest in doing. So when I started doing this myself, I recognised a lot of times I was saying things like, oh, I'd love to go for a coffee with you. No, you wouldn't. You have no intention of going on that coffee. So stop saying it. So if a person asks you, just simply be like, oh, it was great seeing you. Bye. This truly builds your self-trust and your self-respect because when you become a person who stands by what they say and their word means something, it actually raises your integrity and as a result, it raises your self-worth. It's about building a new relationship with yourself and as I said many times this episode, if you change your behaviour, it's funny how your beliefs tend to follow that change. So change your behaviour first, those are your two options, Either heal it from the past or start afresh. And I hope that gives you the tools to make a change. And I'm sending you so much love. The thing I'm working on this week is actually very aligned with this episode. I am trying out a new exercise that I'm kind of in love with. So in a lot of the episodes, you'll know I give out exercises about writing things down and with an inner child because I believe in the power of writing things down. And even in the first question, the reason why I say write letters to yourself is because when you read something you wrote for a situation which brings up a similar feeling, you have the exact words you needed to hear because when you write that letter to yourself and then reread it and it starts with, Dear Michelle, it is the most personal healing thing you can ask for and I use it myself all the time. But I'm trying out this new thing and it's talking to yourself and using voice notes in the same way. So recording yourself talking to yourself. So the voice notes I've recorded is I've recorded myself talking to myself as a baby and then really visualising yourself as a baby in your arm and talking to yourself as that newborn and saying all the things you want to be said to you at the time when you were born. Then do it to you as a child and see yourself as a child and talk to that child how you want to be spoken to when you were a child. Then do it with your current self and everything you need to say right now, everything you need to know in this moment. And then you have these three recordings and I've been listening to them every single morning and I've been starting my day that way. And you go into your day with this certain energy of knowing you're worthy, knowing you're valuable, knowing you're lovable and they're perfectly put in the words you needed at the time because you're the one who recorded it and I've done it a few times and genuinely some mornings it's making me cry. You all know I love inner child work but it's just so healing because you go into your day almost treating yourself as the most vulnerable child in you and it's so much easier to treat yourself with kindness when you talk to yourself as you're talking to a child and that exudes out of you the entire day. It's effortless and easy to be kind to yourself, 
because you started your day that way. So I highly recommend it. And if you do one thing this week, find some time to record these, put them on your phone and commit to listening to them for just a week and see how it impacts your life and how much your week changes for the better. Also, let me know. Do me a favour. If you've enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot of you listening right now and share it onto your Instagram. Tag me in and I will share it in my own story and we can help share the love and let other people discover this podcast as well. This podcast wouldn't happen without all your voice notes so I seriously appreciate anyone who sent a question my way. If you'd like to be part of a future episode then send your question to inallhonesty at mindsetforlife.co.uk. I'll leave the email address in the description for anyone who didn't catch that and you can go follow me on social media on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the things at Scarred Not Scared. You can get my first book, Am I Ugly? or my second book, The Joy of Being Selfish and you can go watch my TED Talk online, Have You Hated Your Body Enough Today? I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode and thank you so much all for listening and being a part of this lovely, vulnerable, safe space. I really enjoy speaking to all of you and it is one of the parts of my job I truly love. So I hope you all have a wonderful week and I am sending you all the best energy for the week ahead. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 